Okay. Hello, everyone on my podcast. You've tuned into another segment of That Girl, Jenna Kirisoa. Thank you so much for tuning in. And let's just jump straight into it. We're going over um, a quick overview of the book, Forces of Habit, Drugs in the Making of the Modern World. And then we're going to be talking about some other very, very important issues such as, okay, so today's title is For the Love of Vice, Social Causes Friday's Discussions Today and Major Talking Points. So uh, what is the catalyst behind a lot of drug use? And the next question is, is the drug to homeless nation, homelessness nation and that crisis going on? What are the reasons why people are homeless? What are the reasons why people are on drugs? And what can we do to kind of rectify some of these situations? Can we fix these problems? Is it possible? So this is what we're going to be discussing today. And I apologize in advance, like I said, if I waste your time, but I can only hope you're doing well. So let's just jump straight into it. I've been talking long enough on Facebook. I'm sure everyone's like, okay, let's get to it, lady. I'm a little bit rusty. I'm a little bit out of practice. So please bear with me. Please bear with me. Okay, like I said, a little bit out of practice, but we're going to get this taken care of. Trust me. As long as I figure out all my different tabs, we'll be doing great. Thank you guys so much. Okay, so one of our major talking points that we really want to address is, um, so the objective of these discussions is to learn a little bit of our history. What some things we've already been through, experienced, the history of controlled substances, how it's traveled and moved across the, the world, across the all the different continents, how it's affected the United States, different classes of life. So this is it's very um, imperative that we understand some of our foundation, where we've already been, what some of the mistakes we've already had and what we can learn from these, doing these discussions. Okay, so one of the examples that I got from the book, um, Forces of Habit, is the simple um, realization that yes, there was opium, there was drugs, and one of the wars, there was um, a German physician who was able to um, get the, what is it, the morphine out of opium and that was a lot more controlled and during one of the wars it was used more it was the technique was perfected and the the quality of the control substance was used better so that's just one example we've had wars started because of different taxes and um, tariffs or whatever regulations that they had we've had plenty of wars started over our our need for our vices, our controlled substances. So the question is, what are we doing today? Have we learned anything? Has anything changed? Has it gotten worse? We've heard so many different comments, or I'm uh, not comments, uh, the history about how they've put certain drugs into certain communities, the, the crack cocaine epidemic, and how I've, it's been reported that there were people who were intentionally getting these things, these substances, substances to people and anticipating essentially their addiction. So these are a couple of conspiracies out there of why um, so many people have had such a hard time getting off of drugs and like where the drugs even came from, like how they were even introduced to the, the populace. So definitely always interested in that, understanding how these, these substances got into the hands of the average person. And also, why is it that we still seek these things? Because oftentimes, there were really, really severe punishments. If you couldn't stop smoking, um, if you couldn't kick the habit of opium addiction, there was threatened, we were threatened with death, mutilation, excommunication. But still, 
it still continued to persist. Tobacco, caffeine, and sugar are the big three of the drugs that's mentioned. And still to this very day, caffeine, tobacco, sugar, very, very prevalent. So um, the question I always ask people, and I'm always curious to get different answers, you know, why is it that we crave these things despite some of the negative ramifications to our social life, to our morality, to our physical health? Why is it that we still seek these? And ultimately, I mean, we are creatures that are, we do like the good feelings, you know, we're pleasure-seeking creatures and beings. It's a natural thing. So the question is how much is too much? When do you stop? Do you have any control over it? Does the drug do you or are you doing the drug? These are things that we really need to consider. So for your own personal self, for family members, for people in the future, why is it that you do what you do? Why are you using the certain substances? Do you consider sugar a drug? Do you consider caffeine that? Like, is it a sin? Is there, are there pros? Are there cons? These, this, I don't have the answers for all of it. This is food for thought. These are why we are, we're having these discussions. So that's just, again, a little bit of commentary. Um, the thing that really hits me the most about the book that I'm working on, and I believe I have it right here. Yes, I can show the lovely audience the book. So, like I said, I'm going to take a quick break from it um, for everyone on YouTube to see. Sorry for the people on Anchor FM podcast, but it's called Forces of Habit, and it's by David T. Courtright. And again, I keep reiterating this because he is, I wanted to give a little shout out to him. So he's um, professor of history at the University of North Florida and the author of several books, including Violent Land, Single Men and the Social Disorder from the Frontiers to the Inner City. And another one that I found very interesting that I would love to read, it's called A Dark and Sorry, Dark Paradise, A History of Opiate Addiction in America. So that one I believe is one of the a good crucial conversation that we need to be having right now about the the um, op opioid epidemic, mass overdosing, suicide rates through the roof, especially in middle-aged white men. And which you might not think is a big deal, especially going through all the race wars, but it, it's actually a very big deal. It doesn't really necessarily matter, you know, the demographic or racial background, but we, we need men, we need strong men, we need fathers. And if we're hearing about mass deaths within any demographic group, we need to pay close attention and see how these long-term effects are going to be um, shaping society in the long run. We need um, conservative Christians. We need the good foundation. We need family units. And we also know about, I talked briefly about the crack cocaine epidemic and how that was plaguing communities of colors, disenfranchising, especially a lot of black women. I often bring up the documentary Unseen, and it does touch on the, the drug addiction and how the women work completely like debilitated and addicted and they're being silently slaughtered and murdered and the average person didn't pay much attention no one cared that all these women were missing they were all victims to the drugs and to violent crime and most people just dismissed them as like oh well they're just a they're just a crackhead they're just a drug addict or they're just a prostitute so we have innocent not um yeah, innocent murder victims, women who are a product of the system, a lot of um, men of color, Hispanic and African-American have definitely been negatively and severely affected by controlled substances. You want to bring up the Coca-Cola controversy and the cocaine and that, that's for, yes, that's, that's definitely um, 
for this discussion as well. It's all related. So now we are here in year 2022 and have we improved? Have we learned anything? Like I'm wondering why we go through history class trying to solve problems and fix these things in society and culture with what appears to be very, very little progress. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking at a different perspective, but I'm just, when you hear about young youth, teenagers getting prescribed Oxycontin, Oxycodone, and then developing a severe addiction to these to the point where they're now going to the streets to get heroin, you know, that's, that's concerning. You know, when you have young children getting put on medication to control their behavior and then as an adult getting prescribed psych meds for their mental illness and then if they wanted to get off of these medicines or if they did not have their prescription filled they could experience severe withdrawals with the potential risk of death things like they don't really tell you or warn you about so it's like why are on right now okay so for the next segment the very very important question we need to ask is um the drug dub nation homeless crisis who's on drugs and why and i have like a small little list here but i mean it could be really anyone the, the suburban stay-at-home mom could be your doctor and but right now we're focusing specifically on the homelessness crisis so so we talked about the crack epidemic a little bit and plaguing communities of color and then prostitution. I need to just bring up prostitution because um, as much as I want to be completely open and just, yeah, everything goes, like I would love to live in a libertarian utopia where people are all respectful, loving, consenting adults who know how to ask permission and, you know, have healthy exchanges and all that stuff as much as i love to pretend that that's happening the reality is present day we have um a huge problem with um modern day slavery you know let's just accept what it is oh, i got kicked out so sorry about that i got kicked out for a moment but let's just go back to the subject of modern day slavery and it really does enable um, sex addiction, drug addiction. It keeps people in very unsafe circumstances, but we don't want to talk about that. You know? And I, how can we address these issues where, where people aren't forced to do things, where people aren't living in fear of, for their lives and their safety? You know, this is something that needs to be addressed. So we, we talked a little bit about children who are prescribed these drugs, and then I've been hearing a lot of... Um, People uh, who are addicted to meth and also who were prescribed Adderall as a child. I don't know. I mean, I've, I've been hearing a lot that there's a potential connection to childhood prescription drugs and adulthood um, meth use. Don't know for sure. I haven't found anything specific, but I'm beginning. I'm hearing more of that potential connection. Um, also, I talked about the psych meds. But let's get a little bit more into the nitty gritty. Okay, so I recently posted documentary about the vice documentary that they did in fresno california regarding the myth crisis and one of the aspects of this problem was the migrant workers coming working the fields in extreme situation circumstances long long hours by themselves away from their family trying to make a living support their families and they are experiencing like harsh working conditions because it's it's hard work long hours so it's it's 
it makes sense to get something that's going to keep you going, keep you awake, keep you active, give you the energy that you need to do your job. Unfortunately, though, it does come with the downside, the, um, the liability of addiction. And it's very, very cheap. It's very, very accessible. They've decriminalized it. So um, in different parts of the country, of the, country, of the county, I don't know all the details, all the, the laws. This is just based off the documentary that was put out a couple of years ago. And I've heard through the grapevine about some of the operations and stuff. So essentially, it seems as if there's, a, there's still a problem. It makes sense, but it's still like, let's be real. Like you have people who are experiencing physical ailments the the addiction itself is damaging to your body to your well-being your mental state um it's costly um it creates a different person a different persona of who you are and it's very can be very very debilitating i do know on the other side of the argument people who have spent years and years using these and they've been able to stay alive and or it doesn't affect them or they're able to keep a job and maintain um a normal lifestyle, what's considered a normal in American Western culture. So it's one of those things where it's like, do we need to like put some strict prohibitions out there? Do we need to accept the fact that this is just someone's choice? This is just the way things are going. Um, the hospitals, the law enforcement, it seems as if the, when you have a lot of people using and utilizing controlled substances, especially certain ones, um, you tend to hear more about thefts. You get a little bit more of the violence, the spike in crime, um, the abuse spikes as well. So that's where it's like, okay, do you prosecute the crime or do you prosecute the the additive that attributes or, you know, amplifies or exasperates the problem. Like, if the person wasn't on the drugs, would they feel inclined to shoplift? Because, again, talking with people from their own, own words, from their own mouths, people who have used methamphetamines, own admitted saying that, like, yeah, well, I was in my addiction. I... I like to shoplift. It was part of the high. Like, so I'm very torn between saying, Hey, yeah, people should, you should be able to do whatever you want to do. Knowing that people, when they do whatever they want to do, they tend to do more bad things. So it's like, I don't, I would love to sit here and say, Hey, yeah, you just keep to yourself and you don't hurt anyone. That's great. But it tends people who are on that tend to do this more and we have a spike in these problems. So maybe we should get rid of the thing that's causing you to do this, but why are you doing this? Oh, you need to stay awake. Oh, you're a single mom with like children and you have to work and take care of your kid, take care of the house and there's no one else there to help you. So here's a stimulant that will keep you awake so you can accomplish all your things. And unfortunately, you cannot accomplish all these things without this thing. And then that thing also costs money. And then it, it starts to affect your health and then your state of mind. And then you, your kids are starting to see the pattern or they're starting to use and everyone else is using. Or I've heard it's like the most euphoric feeling, like you're extremely depressed and it makes you feel happy. And you don't know what else to do with your life. And again, everyone else is doing it. So these are... 
there's so many layers to why people utilize these substances, the benefits, the negatives, the pros, the cons. Um, is it right what they did to people? Like, I don't know. Like, should you be threatened with death if you can't quit a habit? Um, what is the law enforcement supposed to do when, yeah, people don't seem to respect or care about the rules? I mean, people work hard. And there's someone who's like, just going to take from you because they're trying to support their habit. It's difficult. Really is difficult to understand and figure out the best solution for it. So we're going to continue on, though, talking who else who else are the ones on drugs besides the migrant workers, um, stressed out, single moms working hard, someone down on their luck, someone experiencing depression, like, you know, someone who's seen their entire family using the drugs and it's just a way of life. Like, how are we supposed to process this? And also war veterans dealing with past battles, living in shock, and they're still in survival mode. A lot of them, the, the flashbacks, it puts you back into that specific situation that you're in. It takes you back to that moment. It's hard to function. It's hard to focus. It's hard to concentrate. You have people who have debilitating, debilitating, debilitating pain, injuries, things have not been fully rectified in that individual. So here we are now trying to figure out how is it that we, um, we how do we help these individuals best and a lot of the controlled substances that we label as drugs have medicinal purposes and people find comfort or benefits in these things and it becomes who they are part of their life unconventional nothing prescribed from the doctors soon that they're paying for out of pocket to find some type of relief i don't know it's a very very broad thing because again a lot of them are living on the streets using street recreational drugs trying to cope with their ailments and this, this is one of those things is it right is it fair should they be living outdoors do we appreciate what they've done for us helping to defend our country you know it's one of those things if you want to go down this conspiracy routes about war and that the people who are above us, who are calling the shots, thrusting our innocent young men and women out into these battle zones, you know, that in itself is a whole other subject. Like, oh, it's just pretty, it's pretty heavy. So when I consider who's on drugs, why they're on drugs, that's, those are one of the, the group of people that always stand out. So war veterans migrant workers, children prescribed medicine, psych meds being over-prescribed without looking at any other nutri nutritional tests to see if you have any deficiencies, doing blood work. These are part of the issues that all needs to come up in these discussions and why I want to keep bringing them up. I need to hear, love to hear some more feedback from people, sincerely what you guys think some of the solutions could be or decriminalize everything, legalize everything. I heard there's a lot of fentanyl overdoses, certain states. That's the only thing that's not banned because um, of the, the amount of overdoses that's taking place. This is really alarming. 
the more and more I talk about it, the more I'm just, I'm still in shell shock. I can't believe this is still happening. Years and years and years talking about controlled substances, drugs, and where we are today, modern society, still having people die at the hands of, of these things. So with that, I will leave you to consider those thoughts for a moment as we kind of transition into the last segment. Can we fix this? And I have a lot of scripture verses and things just to consider about your mental state. I'm always talking about nutritional supplements. So let's get into that. Let us talk about possible solutions to these. Can we fix this problem? Is it too late? Um, for some people, possibly. Um, but who knows? I believe in God, and I believe that he can change things, and I believe in the power of prayer and the power of community, and literally a positive mindset can bring about healing and a change in a person. So the mindset, though. Okay. Um, like I said, I was going to take it biblical. I have to. So first, first Thessalonians 5, 12 through 22. I'm not going to read the entire thing. I hope you do. But I'm going to read one section. This is, um, this is essentially how we should really need to act. And it says in verse 14, And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to anyone, everyone. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So when we look at a person who's homeless, a person who's not working, like we got to remember, like, you know, see that no one repays evil for evil, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak. This is how we need to approach them. But also realizing in 2 Corinthians, the second letter, and this is like closer to the end, chapter 3, 6 through 15. So I'm going to read verse 6. Now we commend, command you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from any brother who is walking in idleness and not in accord with the tradition that you received from us. So we have to also realize that there are people who are just busybodies. If you continue on, it's like, you know, they're not, they're not working. They're just being busybodies. They're just keeping themselves running around doing nothing that's productive. So we need to have the balance between like, hey, these people, we need to be patient with them. We need to love them. We need to support them. But we also realize that we can't be dealing with people who aren't willing to work either. And again, there's more to that. So I hope you read the rest of it. You know, actually, I'll just, just because, you know, um, I haven't done a live in so long. I'm so happy. I'll go ahead and read all of it. Okay, so. 6 through 15. This is Second Thessalonians 3, 6 through 15. Now we command you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from any brother who is walking in idleness and not in accord with the tradition that you received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us, because we were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it, but with toil and labor we worked night and day, that we may not be a burden to any of you. It was not because of, sorry, it was not because we do not have that right to give you in ourselves an example to imitate. For even when you were with you, we were with you, we would give you this command, if anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. 
For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Now such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to do their own living. Okay. But also, very importantly, for the person who's out there trying to, like, I don't have patience for these people. Listen, as for you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. If anyone does not obey what we say in this letter, take note of that person and have nothing to do with him, but that he may be shamed. Do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. So, but you specifically don't start, don't stop doing good just because other people around you aren't. And if you're trying to address this crisis and trying to help people realize like they're not, some of them aren't going to be willing to work or some of them aren't going to be able to work. And that's what kind of is what this is about. Like, how do you define work? Uh, we have our Western culture and our society and a different way of looking at things. And we can be kind of impatient and judgmental and demanding with high expectations. Like, you need to be working. Why don't you just get a job? Why don't you just get better? Why don't you just get over? Why don't you just get off drugs and, like, get us go do something with your life? You know, that isn't helpful. And that's actually, I think, why a lot of people get their hearts broken. They get a broken spirit. They experience what um, some people have coined the term as black-pilled. They are so broken that... Um, <coughs> They don't see any sense of purpose in getting better because everyone's mad at them. They're judging them. You've got people dealing with some unaddressed, unearthed trauma, debilitating trauma, survivors of severe abuse, whether it's through war, domestic abuse, um, continued sexual abuse or trafficking. There are some things out there that are completely unimaginable. One of the books like I used to bring up a lot and have read, thankfully, and shared with you guys was The Body Keeps the Score and helping to address people with trauma and how to help them find healing through these different, you know, things. This, the injury that's been afflicted to your brain, I don't think you realize that trauma means tearing of the brain. So if you don't understand what it feels like to have your brain your emotions essentially your psyche essentially torn and you're trying to fix it or fill it in if you can't empathize with that please be very very patient and go back to the scripture verses um, admonish the idol encourage the faint-hearted help the weak be patient with them all see that no one repays anyone evil for evil but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone that's what we have to keep our focus on even though realistically we're going to deal with some people who who aren't going to be able to work but continuing on i think that it's most important that we really focus on um a lot of people say well is this is a sin or isn't that a sin or you can't do this you can't do that and a lot of the extreme conservative christians are really really um, emphatic about like well you need to be sober and get your act together you know and all the things about you know your body is a temple of the Lord and you shouldn't do this that and the other so I always like to look at some of the verses in the Bible first Corinthians 10 23 all things are lawful for me but not all things are helpful all things are lawful for me but not all things edify so admittedly there's some things that they're not necessarily good for you or bad for you they're just things that you can do but if you go to first Corinthians 6 12 through 13 all things are lawful for me but not all things are helpful um 
all things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. You shouldn't let the addictions do you. Um, let me see. There was another one. Yeah, one more that we're going to kind of touch on a little bit. Okay, so Colossians chapter 2, 16 through chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. This one's kind of lengthy, and I hope you guys have time to actually look at this in more detail. But in verse 20, it says, If with Christ you die to the element of spirits in the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, referring to things that all perish as they are used, according to human precepts and teachings. There's a lot more to this verse right here. Um, so let me go ahead and skim it a little bit since I'm doing the audio. Um, verse 18, let no, let no one, oh, sorry, 16. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to festival or new moon or Sabbath. These things are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in details about visions, puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head, from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. So, continuing on, though, one of the things is it talks about, you know, put to death in verses, chapter 3, verse 5. Um, you know what? Let me go back to the first one. Chapter 3, 1. If you have been raised in Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. So if you, for you've died and your life is hidden in Christ, God, when Christ who was your life appears, you will also appear with him in glory. So put to death, therefore, that your earthly, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, covetedness, which is idolatry. So focus on Christ, him, you know, everything that's of God, take away the earthly, sinful nature, and just, I don't want anything to do with the immorality, I don't want anything to do with the idolatry, I don't want to be a, coveted, a coveter, I don't want to seek these things. Have that as your mind and focus. Don't let anyone judge you for what you eat or what you don't eat. That's pretty much where I'm at right now with a lot of this. But still the question is, um, how do we help people? So you had to get into the right mindset. Like, okay, the Bible says we need to be patient and loving. We have to realize that we shouldn't do anything with people who aren't willing to work. You should call them out and say, hey, you know what? But, you know, you can still keep your distance. So this is really up to you in each circumstance. There's a lot of support why you need to dismiss a person who doesn't work, but there's also a lot of support of reasons why you need to help people, okay? Both. Let me look at both. Okay, so the physical. Um, nutritional support is one of the ideas. It's like we need to help heal internally. Um, many nutritional deficiencies are related to mental decline. You know, magnesium and vitamin D shown to have reduced depression in people. A lot of people are going through physical ailments and their bodies are, they want to feel good. They want to feel happy. They want to feel put together. And if your body is lacking in vitamins and nutrients and good food, a good diet, good clear water, you're going to feel like crap. 
So the best way, the quickest way is to use a controlled substance that doesn't do anything to benefit your body. It just benefits the chemicals in your brain, but it's hurting your body. So like, let's kind of like, you know, like exchange a little bit, like titrate off, like let's get a little bit of the good stuff in there and take a little bit of the bad out and then slowly and also need to address the mental issues, address the trauma, and actually get the problems where they're at, not just the symptoms, actually address the problem. So also, so yeah, realizing many are stuck in an ultra state. Um, most of them are in survival mode. You can't really think well if you are, if you don't feel safe, if you're, if you still feel scared, even though you can smile and put on an act, there are people who know how to act very well. Like, Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Or like, Oh, I'm hard. Or, you know, like I'm a bad bitch or whatever. A lot of people, um, inside there's, there's actually, there's a different story going on or they've known how to compartmentalize or bring up different fronts. But a lot of these people, they're not doing too well. Um, so they're in survival mode. Some are completely lost, though. There are people who are there demon possessed. There's nothing you can do for them. Um, others are content with the lifestyle that they're living. There are some who can't work a conventional job. So we need to introduce more jobs that more people can do, whether it is opening up more doggy daycare centers, having shelters for the animals to live in, and then the people who are on the street to take care of the animals so we can have to kill two birds with one stone, you know? We need people to, um, we do need artists. We do need people to make us laugh. We have so much talent out there and we need to cultivate a little bit of more of that music. That, that, that's what makes life worth living, you know? A sense of purpose. A lot of people um, die, they're, walk, they're the walking dead because they have no purpose. They don't know what they're doing here. They don't know why they're living. They're just going through the emotions and seeking the different stimulants that they can get. They don't really know why they're here. So if you can help a person activate a sense of worth, value, purpose, that would help propel people to find healing, seek more healing, to feel better and want to get more out of this life, a sense of purpose and pride in living. So that's very important, cultivating that. And there are people who, um, they do want free stuff. They're going to lie to you. They're going to take advantage of you. They're going to steal from you. They're going to just tell you oh, what crazy ever story. There are people who are controlled by um, handlers or pimps or they've got other people handling their stuff. So if you're trying to help someone, yeah, you're going to, chances are you can get taken advantage of, lied to, but anticipate that. Expect it. I mean, the Bible says it's all, all throughout. That's how some people are. And then they give you your response. Is you're supposed to love them pray for them, except that's why you shouldn't idolize your things. That's why you shouldn't be coveting other people's stuff. That's why their earthly, worldly possessions shouldn't mean as much to you as they do to someone who doesn't realize that all these things are just going to rot and they don't mean anything because when you die and go to heaven, I mean, that's all that matters. So when you are dealing with people who like, I don't, I don't know how to help except the fact that, um, your help could just simply be forgiving them for treating you badly because that that could happen and um we also have to realize like that's that's how they were raised that's all they know and some people have no choice to the modern day slavery so with that though i think i'm going to conclude that segment right here for possible solutions we need to get the right mindset um understanding you know 
it's going to be a continual debate whether or not a person should use drugs or not, why they're using drugs, are they a Christian, are they demon-possessed, like, do they deserve our help? It's going to be all a constant debate. So take all of this food for thought, and I hope that you can, um, yeah, utilize it, learn something from it. We can all learn something from it. With that, I appreciate anyone who's tuned into the live stream, and at any point in time you're consuming this content, I do hope you're doing well. Um, I apologize if I've wasted your time. And as always, God's peace. Just a quick little wrap-up, though. If you need assistance, um, sincerely, we are working, trying to get resources, ideas, networking going. Um, we're getting it together. Slowly but surely, this is what this page is about. Presentreality.com is about trying to bring a life of vibrancy, sense of purpose, pride, um, giving people a reason to live, giving you good information about your health, nutritional information, interpersonal communication skills. That's why I go through the book. Um, where is it at? Crucial conversations, tools for talking when stakes are high. So if you scroll through my page, oh, you know what? I might as well just show you everything. We'll go through everything today. And you'll see everything fall too. Okay, sorry about that. My mics are probably going crazy. So yeah, crucial conversations. Always talking about this healthier communication skills. Very, very important. It'll help you with your mental um, prayer, faith, and healing. Cure your body, heal your mind, and restore your soul. Good stuff right here. Help with the mental issues. And then I just dropped my prayer journal. I have another prayer journal. But get you a prayer journal. Take some notes. Intercessory prayers. Prayer and fasting. We'll be doing um, a show tomorrow, follow-up show for everything that we've talked about this last week. It's called Wires Week in Review, extended show about everything we've talked about this past week. And also, um, if you guys are enjoying any of this content and you feel that you need to, you'd like to, you know, reciprocate, we are starting to take donations now. So we do have a cash app in Venmo. And I'll start putting that out there. Definitely need resources and support, not only for myself personally to sustain myself, but as well as the goal is in the future to use these funds to actually go out and more on the, you know, boots on the ground and actually address more issues and help people like actual like in the moment help get things in their hands that'll get them the good information, the good health, nutrition, deep conversation, meditation tools, prayer tools, getting them to the right counseling, possibly paying for counseling. I know a couple of counselors who are just like $80 a session. And some people, you know, they don't qualify for medical or they don't even know how to apply for medical. There's someone who was open to like, yeah, if you could get me to a good counselor, if you could pay, because I've had people pay for my counseling before. Thank you. <laughs> um, I would love to reciprocate that kindness. And I'm trying to, yes, get resources and funds. And the money would go, eventually, that's the goal. It would go towards people who need help like that. Pay for counseling. Pay for food. Pay for a hotel stay. Pay for food. Um, 
so that you know they can you know food skills like teach them how to or give them the resources supplies to sustain themselves there's so much that needs to be done so um i will put the cash app information on there to support this channel support the content page and the ultimate um mission for presentreality.com that's been in the works for like at least 10 years this project's been in the works getting the information getting the research i think that's part of the biggest things is um getting the backing like you know i've i spent a little bit of time homeless living in a couple of shelters last year i spent time dealing talking to people who don't have housing i'm in a transitional process right myself i don't i'm not officially like i don't have my own official house but i'm doing better than i was last year so again this isn't just me i'm just some girl like running my mouth like we've spent i have spent people that i know have spent people i'm networking have spent serious time analyzing this problem researching getting as much information as possible to help remedy and fix and rectify this problem get less people on the streets more feeling better in a safer environment and that's another one of the goals too with presentreality.com and why i am now in the need of donations and seeking financial support because the the bigger goal ultimate hopefully three-year goal would to be would would to be um opening up safe houses discreet secure locations where if there is a family who was fleeing domestic abuse or trafficking um and they were to get emergency services they were to get rescued the objective would be we need to take them to a house where they're safe and we need more of those discreet, secure locations. Also, um, tiny home, tiny houses projects, like definitely trying to get that off the ground. There's so much land and space. There's so many resources. It's just a matter of getting everyone working together, figuring out who qualifies, who doesn't qualify, what the rules are, regulations, standards, you know, all of that stuff. There's so much that needs to be learned, getting the property, getting the right zoning, um, the right approval from the city, different grants, um, nonprofit, just there's so much that needs to be done. We're in the very, very beginning infancy stages right now. So again, if you're, if you appreciate anything, if you've learned anything, if you've taken anything, if you feel inspired, if you feel led to, please reach out to me. Um, I will again put the information up for the donations and support. And yes, I appreciate it in advance. Thank you in advance. God bless you all. And with that, I will leave you. It's your girl, Jenna Kurosawa. I hope you're doing well. And as always, God's peace.